0: It is time for episode number eleven of Paladino Live. It is May sixth in the year two thousand and eight, and we are back here on Paladino Live. It's been a oh two to three week hiatus since the uh, Timberwolves and Minnesota Wild season wrap ups and a teeny bit of Vikings draft um, pre pre draft talk and such. Uh, since then, I had started officially started my show, Purple Mafia, so Purple Mafia is up and running. Do check it out on iTunes, and also, obviously, here on thesportstuff.com, which is the flagship site for Paladino Live, Purple Mafia, and video game flashback. Now, on thesportstuff.com, well, we had a call-in line, it's, um we're going to have to make some type of switch. I believe he's leaving. Uh, Dylan, our executive producer, is leaving Skype, I believe, or there's some type of thing talking over. So we're going to be looking at a new call-in number. So it was 916-912-4263, but it, uh, you pretty much just get a disconnected signal or something. I don't know exactly what. It just pretty much rings and rings and rings. So we apologize for that. Here on thesportsstuff.com. And, uh, well, we do have message boards. So that is also a way to contact us podcasters. And just interact with the rest of us here on thesportsstuff.com. There is the website, thesportspodcasters.com forward slash boards. thesportspodcasters.com forward slash boards. But also, but also, on the homepage of thesportsstuff.com, there is a button on the upper right hand corner. It says TSS board, Simply click on that, and, uh, well, you're up and running. Now, I've noticed there are lots and lots of guests that have been showing up, lots and lots of guests. And if you're out there, you're a guest just visiting the site, hey, sign up. Sign up for thesportstuff.com. Get a stream name. Interact with the rest of us. It is 100% free and what? 100% fun. Absolutely, 100% fun, all worth it um, for all types of people, old school sports fans like myself, you know, a little bit more laid back, kind of experienced sports fans, there's the youngsters that like to talk a little trash, there's us podcasters, which are all kind of different mixes of personalities, I, of course, old, slightly more old school, I'm not really old, but older than some of the others, Um, but yeah, this has been A lot of fun on this site. I'm very happy to be here. And, of course, on iTunes. Also on MediaFly.com, Paladino Live, can be found in three places. TheSportsStuff.com, iTunes, and MediaFly.com. Now, with that said, I also have a YouTube. It is YouTube.com forward slash PaladinJoe. YouTube.com forward slash PaladinJoe, P-A-L-A. D i n j o e, Check that page out. I have lots of entertaining videos for you. Sports and video game related that are more on kind of the comedy style. You know, uh, just mm, having some fun with some old school video games. And you can also find the video game reviews, which is what they're called, on iTunes and here on thesportsstuff.com. It is a subsidiary also of Paladino Live Productions called Video Game Flashback. That's right, Video Game Flashback. And... It's a lot of fun. It's slightly starting to grow on iTunes, so I'm, I'm excited. It's the, the bars are moving up a teeny bit. Purple Mafia. Wow. Wow. Beautiful response. Only been on iTunes for a week already. Already got some bars moving on the popularity, uh, column, as you can call it. So, I've, I went on a very aggressive campaign on MySpace, and I'm continuing to pass out, uh, business cards for everything. You know, Paladino Live, and then I let people know about Purple Mafia. But, that's pretty much the bit there with this show and uh, the business we call Paladino Live Productions. So <laughs> that's what we've got right now. I'll, of course, add me on MySpace, myspace.com, paladinolive Live, forward slash Paladino Live, or myspace.com, Purple Mafia 28, myspace.com, forward slash Purple Mafia 28, and we all know whose number that would represent. Yeah, Adrian Peterson. So, yeah, keep Purple Mafia's momentum moving. I'm pretty excited about that one. I really am. And this show, of course, Paladino Live needs to keep cracking, needs to keep moving forward as uh, I've heard some positives as the numbers continue to grow. Now, here on Episode 11, Episode 11, we're going to talk a little NHL playoffs. It's going to be a little more abbreviated on the NHL side. NBA a little more extensive and some Twinkies talk. Oh, I mean Twins, Minnesota Twins talk. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I mean, I, hey, they aren't doing too bad. They're not really Twinkies right now. They're doing pretty good. So, really, with that, I'm going to take a quick break, and we are going to talk NHL playoffs right now. We are back here on the sports stuff.com and, yes, the National Hockey League. Since we last talked, Minnesota Wild, of course, eliminated from the first round. And, um, well, the team that beat us, the Colorado Avalanche, remember that team? You know, the team that thought they were, uh, oh, you know, it's a great feeling, man. We're looking great. Now we're ready to rock and roll. And I was like, yeah, they're dead in the second round. They're dead. Well, yeah, they are. Uh, get out your brooms, Detroit Red Wings fans, as they uh, – Detroit Red Wings swept the Colorado Avalanche four games to zilch. Now, the first game of the series was 4-3. to three. That's not too bad. But after that, well, the guy who uh, happened to be the, the wall, the guy who killed the wild throughout the series, a guy by the name of Jose Theodore, well, that didn't last too long. Todd Fedoric on today's PA and Dubé show. Well, it wasn't Todd Fedoric, but... Uh, Mark Parrish mentioned that Todd Fedarif, Todd Fedorik said, "Well, watch Jose Theodore won't even be close to the same in the in the next round." Yeah, absolutely, and that's what happened. I mean, Detroit just came in and kicked their butt, especially game 4, May 1st, game 4, <laughs> 8 to 2. That's saying, "Well, you know about your season, you guys, you know, we're we're up 3 to 0 and all that stuff. We'd like to be nice to you, but get the heck out of here. Get out of here. You're done, you know, and uh yeah, Colorado Avalanche, absolutely done. Pretty much the whole second round fairly unentertaining in terms of there was just nothing. There was hardly much competitive hockey in the second round. I mean, it was entertaining in te- in a sense, but they were all pretty pretty harsh defeats. You know, the Pittsburgh Penguins go up. What was it, three games to zero? Yep, there it is. It's New York Rangers. All you know, close, hard fought game in game one. Seems like every game one was a just a bitter game. Uh, yeah. 5-4, to four, uh, offensive shootout between two pretty cool teams. And then after that, Pittsburgh Penguins go up three games to zero. New York stays alive. They win 3-0 to zero in game uh, number four. They win 3-0, to zero, survive, but then go to overtime game uh, five. Yeah, that was close, but the same team keeps winning. I mean, there's close games, but the same team wins. Well, it's not a very good series in terms of, uh, well, the other, you know, the, the Rangers were pretty much dead and gone. And uh, that's the bet. Penguins win four games to one there. Philadelphia Flyers. Philadelphia Flyers. How about this, man? Philadelphia Flyers, the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference, advancing past the Montreal Canadiens. Now, Montreal did win game one. And I'm like, oh, here we go. This will be kind of cool to see the old school Montreal Canadiens, you know, the most classic uh, franchise in NHL history. I mean, absolute legendary. If they're, you know, they are the only other team that can compete with the New York Yankees in terms of, you know, how many championships they've won. Their history, all the great legends that have come and gone in Montreal, Montreal. But uh, well, after that, Philadelphia won the next four games, winning. Uh, yeah, it was a four-to-three four victory for Montreal in Game One, four-to-two in Game Two in favor of Philly, three-to-two in Game Three. Four two again game four, and then a six to four drubbing in the game five, So Montreal, Finute, done, Caput, No mas for them. The only series that was close was Dallas and San Jose. Uh, there were four overtime games in this series. But Dallas did but the Dallas took Dallas Stars took a three games to zero lead and you know through games through the first three games. Now they won three to two in overtime game one, five to two butt kicking in game two. That's like, oh my god, the Stars could it be the Dallas Stars are going all the way to the conference finals? Wow. Um yeah. <laughs> Dallas Stars winning overtime in game three. San Jose survives two to one game four. They survive again three to two. Oh, going to overtime in Dallas. That was pretty cool, pretty gutty performance by the Sharks. And then a four-overtime classic. This was the game of the entire postseason so far, certainly of the second round. Dallas Stars do win, though, in four overtimes at about 1.30 in the morning central time, defeating the San Jose Sharks 2-1 to one in four overtimes. So, yeah, that's some... <laughs> Interesting stuff. You got the Dallas Stars, Detroit Red Wings going off, facing off in the conference finals in the West, and then a Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, a Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania conference final in um, the East. That's kind of a cool matchup, uh, Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. One of those two is going to the Stanley Cup Finals. Cool, pretty cool. Dallas and Detroit. That's kind of two teams, you know, that have been, you know, they've been around. Dallas Stars kinda of been uh Dallas Stars have been absent for quite a while though from getting deep in the playoffs. They've gotten to the second round here and there. Usually get beat by, you know, teams like San Jose or Anaheim, teams like that. But this year Dallas got a little bit more going on. But now they're going against uh the number one seed in the entire postseason, the Detroit Red Wings, phenomenal season. We'll see if they finally escape the Western Conference as uh, they've had some incredible seasons, only to lose in the second round pretty much every year. And occasionally even the first round—it's just crazy, you know. Eighth seed defeating the first seed—it's—it's it's happened to the Red Wings, it sure has more than once. But that is where we stand now. Now I am going to pick the Detroit Red, uh, the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, that'll that'll work. Okay, Barboa Walters, Barbara Walters here talking about hockey. But um, sorry, <laughs> Detroit Red Wings in six. I am I, I gonna have to go that direction. Maybe even in five. Really, I think the Stars are going to be overmatching the series, despite the fact they've played some pretty darn good hockey. Uh, I'm going to go Red Wings in six. In the Western Conference Finals, I would love to see Dallas make it, but uh, they're just not, I don't think. I think Detroit's year is this year to get to the Stanley Cup Finals. Who In Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, whoa, 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 whoa. That's going to be some fun hockey. Oh, man, is that going to be fun. Uh, Penguins in seven, I guess. I guess I'm gonna to have to lean that way. Penguins in seven. It's gonna go, this is gonna go deep, cause Philadelphia has surprised everybody. They are, they are playing some beautiful hockey. I mean, it could very well be five, a five game series either way. You just don't know. You just don't know. One of the teams will be hot and the other one is like overwhelmed by the other. But um yeah, Pittsburgh in seven should be a very gutty matchup out east. I'm going to enjoy following that series. I'm going to enjoy both of these, as uh, one of these four teams is going to be the Stanley Cup champion for 2008. It's kind of cool, you know. I kind of hope it's every, anybody but Detroit, because the Red Wings have won three championships since 1997. Uh, you know, eh, I've never really liked the Red Wings that much, despite the fact they are just a amazing organization, and, and they really are. Uh, Dallas Stars would be probably my third choice. I'd love to see Pittsburgh Philly win it. I would. That'd be cool. Philadelphia's first cup since seventy one, I believe seventy one, or was it seventy seven? It's one of those two. I apologize, or else the Penguins winning for the first time since nineteen ninety two in the Mario Lemieux and Yarmour Yager year. Right? I mean, two dominant, dominant years by the Penguins in ninety one and ninety two. 2 straight Stanley Cup champions They pretty much came in and said uh, This league is ours for those two years They should have won a 93 Best record in the planet by far I mean, one of the great seasons ever Only to get their butts kicked by uh, Gosh, I can't even remember who beat them It was in the second round, I believe They choked big time It was Montreal Yeah, it was Montreal Canadians took them out Who went on to win the Stanley Cup So, fun stuff Now with that, I'm going to conclude The Hockey Talk for this for this show and we're going to switch over to basketball right now and we are back and uh well in the first round a couple of coaches could possibly be losing their jobs. Uh one of them did lose his job. Avery Johnson Dallas Mavericks out and they have been talking to Rick Carlisle, a guy who I think is very underrated. I really like Rick Carlisle and he would have been actually my top choice of the available coaches had uh, Kevin Garnett stuck around, say when we uh when we fired Dwayne Casey instead of uh keeping Randy Whitman around, I would have gone in the Rick Carlisle direction. Absolutely. This uh, last summer, if we decided to keep Garnett and made a big move and all that good stuff. But, of course, that's not how things went. And Okay, fine. Um, Phoenix Suns, though, Mike D'Antoni could be out as well. More or less, he wants to, uh, it's looking more like he wants to leave. And they're talking about the possibility of Chicago. So that would be pretty cool for uh, the Chicago Bulls, a team who were a huge flop this last year. Um, I really think that was not uh that it was definitely not Scott Skiles' fault. I just think the Bulls players were they just let they just let themselves down this year. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, of course Scott Skiles re emerging in uh Milwaukee. And that's cool. That's cool. I'm glad he's in the league. I wouldn't have minded him here either. I like Scott Skiles. I think he's a pretty good coach, uh, underrated. Now not everybody's gonna agree with me on that. Uh, D'Antoni, pretty good coach, more offensive-minded than uh, anybody, uh, you know, than others. He's kind of like a Don Nelson in a way, a little more entertaining than Don Nelson, as Nelson likes jacking up threes constantly. D'Antoni's more attack-the-basket style, which I, you know, I like. I like attacking the basket. I I like more of a defensive-minded approach with my basketball team personally, but such is life. Now, on to the actual playoffs themselves. Of course, the uh, right now we're in the uh, the semifinals of the conferences. Well, second round basically. But I'm going to do a quick little uh, overview of the first round. Now, the first thing, of course, Boston Celtics win the series over the Hawks, four to three. Jeez, man! I mean, what the heck? Now, for those of you that have seen my videos on YouTube, you, you'll recognize very recognizable old school Atlanta Hawks hat. And yeah, I love, I love the Atlanta Hawks. I do. I think they're a, outstanding athletic up-and-coming team. They're going to be really good in the next two years or so. They're going to be the home team, I think, pretty soon in the Eastern Conference. They're going to be in the top three or four club in the East. But not this year, though. However, they made the Boston Celtics. They scared them a little bit, a little bit, until game seven anyway. Uh You know, Boston kicking some but in the first two games. A lot of people thought that's pretty much how the series was going to go in four games. It was 104-81 to in Game 1, 96-77 in Game 2, but then Atlanta wins by 9 in Game 3, wins by 5 in Game 4, and it's like, oh, hold the phone. Boston Celtics come back, kick their butt in Game 5. The Hawks win a thriller in Game 6, one of the most entertaining games of all the playoffs. So 103-100 only for the Celtics to win 99-65 to in Game 7. And the announcer said it best that... Um, Absolutely the best, you know, or I mean, absolutely just like the old days right there. Boston Celtics on uh, a Sunday afternoon destroying somebody at home, you know, and that, you know, that was really cool because obviously I like the Boston Celtics as well. Not because Kevin Garnett's there, but because I've been a fan of them forever, you know, for a long time, a long, long time, and, um, I'm really happy that they're good again, and it's a lot of fun to watch. I hope they win that Eastern Conference. I really do. Um, the other team though that's gonna give them a big scare, I think, the way they're going is Detroit. Now Detroit's turned out pretty lame here in this, uh, Detroit really did not play some good basketball in two games here against the 76ers. You know, they, you know, they, they lose a, a close one in game one. That was kind of a bummer. You know, they went in solid in game two, but then get killed in game three. Wow. But then Detroit finally wakes up and starts kicking some butt. You know, they win the next three games by, oh, nine, you know, nine points minimum here. Looks like one is by 17 and the next one's by 23. So Detroit absolutely killing Philadelphia. That sixth game though, that made it the 4-2 series victory for Detroit. An absolute Butt whooping in Philadelphia, no, uh, no less. Is, uh, Detroit was up what twenty-two to five at one point. It was insane, absolutely insane. It might have been twenty-five to five. My goodness gracious! <laughs> Detroit Pistons phenomenal. They're still, they're playing great. They're actually up two games over the Orlando Magic, who uh, the Magic kicked De- Toronto's butt this year, four games to one, as pretty much every game here except for game, uh, yeah, game three. Toronto a solid victory. Nice score there. 108 to 94, but pretty much one solid 10-point victory after another for Orlando other than game 2 which is a 1-point victory, 104 to 103. But yeah, Magic in round 2, one of the closer series here. Cleveland and Washington. Cleveland winning the first two games, winning the fourth game or and the sixth in in kind Washington winning Convincingly in Game Three, though, to make it two to one. Anyway, they were uh, to get them to keep themselves alive, 108 to 72. That was crazy. And uh, but when then Washington barely surviving in Game Five to extend the series. One they won 88 to 87. But too many injuries for Washington, and despite the fact they have such a deep, they have a pretty cool roster, I think. Yet they're just they're not. I don't think they're ever going to really go anywhere. I really don't. Despite the fact you got Anton Jameson playing great there. Karan Butler playing great. Gilbert Arenas, kind of selfish. And I really liked him on the uh, Golden State Warriors. I don't like him on Washington. I never have. He just isn't He isn't the same type of player. He seemed like a more of a team guy and more of a defensive player in Golden State years ago under uh, several different coaches, it seemed like. They seem to have a different coach every year. Um, under the underrated Eric Musselman, I thought he did a pretty good job in um, Golden State, but the the owners didn't and the players didn't, I guess. So whatever. Uh, the Lakers now onto the Western Conference. This series pretty much untalkable. Four to zero, Lakers defeat Denver. Total butt kicking, and that was cool. Total butt kicking. You know that's cool. L.A. ready to take over the Western Conference it appears. But the other team though that I just absolutely love, I can't. Oh, I just—I would love to see them win the West. The New Orleans Hornets, as they took out the Dallas Mavericks convincingly, several ten-point games here, ten-point victories for Orlando or Orlando, New Orleans. They went four to four games to one. New Orleans, 104-92 in game one. New Orleans, one twenty-seven, one hundred three in game two. Dallas keeping alive ninety-seven to eighty-seven game three, but then New Orleans couple of solid wins 94 to 84 in game 4 and that was in Dallas by the way folks yeah uh huh that was in Dallas game 5 at home though 99 to 94 see you later mavericks and uh well hour of war to uh, Avery Johnson no more Avery Johnson in Dallas As he, he, he's going to resurface somewhere i i kind of like Avery Johnson he's he may have been a teeny bit overrated at first but i kind of like him he's okay we'll we'll see where he He'll, he'll get his feet back somewhere. Uh, Phoenix Suns, though. This was the story right here. San Antonio could pretty much kicking their butt the whole way. And just total shame. Except for game one, though, which went to double overtime. Spurs win 117 to 115. Quite possibly the most entertaining overall game of the entire postseason. 117 to 115. Unfortunately, the Suns just fell apart after this. They lose 102 to 96 in game two. They lose 115 of 99 in Game 3, which is a uh, home game for the Suns, by the way. Complete disappointment. The whole Shaq thing, so far, so far, has it worked out. Um, it's not all his fault, though. It's just not. Um, Amari Stoudemire not living up to the hype right now in Phoenix, in my opinion. Not a very good defensive player at all. Um, I think Al Jefferson's a better defensive player than De- than Amari Stoudemire, if you want my honest opinion. I think the Wolves forward is better in that category, the way things are heading. Uh, and Amari not showing up offensively down the stretch in close games, not getting it done, absolutely not. Shaq did what he could, I think. Now, a lot of people out there are going to say, ah, oh, Shaq's old, he sucks And he's slowed a fast team down Yeah, okay, okay, okay Settle down, you know, it's not all Shaq's fault I don't think he particularly helped It's not like he went there and scored 30 points And got 13 rebounds and 3 blocks Like he used to with the Lakers in the day But I think Shaq did what he physically can at this point And um Whatever, yeah, San Antonio Unfortunately, yeah, they, they pull it out 4-1, to one. I don't like the Spurs at all I don't like him at all. Now, here in uh, the final series, the, the the boring one, you could call it, Utah and, and Houston. Just a boring series. Boring couple of teams, in my opinion. Uh, not everybody's going to like me for saying that, but that's how I feel. So, tough love. Uh, Utah winning games one and two. Jazz 93, Rockets 82. Jazz 90, Rockets 84. That's the first two games. Rockets survive 94 to 92, but then Utah takes a three to one lead, 86-92. Houston kicks Utah's ass in game five, 95 to 69, but then Utah does the same thing in kind in game six, closing out the series. So uh, it's pretty much the winner gets to f- gets to get uh, executed by the LA Lakers in the second round. I mean, they were just they're just waiting with the with a chopping block to cut off whoever's head in the second round. That's pretty much what's going to happen. And, uh, well, Utah's going to be that victim. As now we quickly move on to the second round here. Cleveland and Boston not playing yet. That game is tonight. That'll be cool. But in the meantime, the other series in the Eastern Conference, Detroit showing some serious, serious ferocity right now in the second round. They are up two games to zero already over the Orlando Magic. They went ninety-one to seventy-two in Game One, just buh bye Orlando. But then one hundred to ninety-three. There was a controversial call though, where the shot clock did not start, and uh, there was about four point one seconds or four point seven seconds. Yeah, four point seven seconds left on the sh- on the uh, no game clock. The game clock. That's what it was. It wasn't just the shot clock. But um, yeah, this. <laughs> It was caught on the TNT truck that uh, the time elapsed was about five and a half seconds. Chauncey Billups jacks up a three and makes it, and the refs counted. The refs counted. They should have done the play over. That would have been the right thing. As much as I love Chauncey Billups, love Chauncey Billups, and am pro Detroit in this series. I'm rooting for Detroit in that series. But, hey, you know, let's, let's, let's be fair. Let's make the right call, guys. Come on now. That should have been a do-over. I don't know what they were thinking. I really don't. Um, just use some common sense, please. Now, the other series, Western Conference, Lakers, that game is manana, Wednesday, May 7th, or game two is anyway, Sunday though, the Lakers pretty much showing Utah what they're made of, 109 to 98, defeating the Utah Jazz in the second round, game one anyway, uh, I think it's pretty much going to be more of the same, I picked Lakers in five in that series, um, Now I'll go back to the other two really quick. I'm going to go with Boston in, well, let's provide that they can win on the road. No. I'm going to go Boston in six. So I'm going to be counting on the Celtics finally winning a road game in the series against the Cleveland Cavaliers. So, yeah, Boston in six. I hope they win a road game here. That's a little scary. They couldn't win a single game in Atlanta. Kind of scary there, guys. You can't be just counting on home court advantage even though you do have it throughout the playoffs. If someone wins in Boston, bye-bye to them. Now, that's just not cool. If you win 66 games and don't even get to the finals, that's bullcrap. Now, Detroit, the team that could beat Boston, I believe, in this Eastern Conference, I don't think Orlando can. I don't think Cleveland can. Um... Detroit in five Absolutely Detroit in five Uh, Orlando will probably Squeak out one of these Next two games in Orlando Detroit closes out On TNT Tuesday May 13th Bye bye Orlando Detroit in five And uh, yeah Nice sweet Kevin Garnett Versus Flip Saunders For all you Wolves fans Out there Kevin Garnett Versus Flip Saunders In the Eastern Conference Finals That is going to be A phenomenal series That will go seven In my opinion And uh, wow It's going to be Guts and glory It's going to be like A two point game Or something um, so one of those two finally is going to get to the finals, in my opinion. Will they win it? Dunno. Dunno. You might have to go against Phil Jackson. So, <laughs> good luck with there. Um, such is life. Uh, Lakers and four over Jazz. No. Nah. Nah. I'm going to be fair. Lakers in five. Utah's probably going to, I'm going to pick the Lakers to win game two. Utah's week went out, so it's going to be similar to the Orlando series. Um, Lakers in five over the Jazz. That's about what it should be. I don't think they're going to sweep them. They probably won't. Utah's too tough to lose all four games. But so what? They're still going to lose. Now, San Antonio, New Orleans, the final series in the second round and the best series in the second round, in my opinion. Two just phenomenal teams going at it. And how about them Hornets, baby? How about them Hornets? 2-0 2-0 lead, Tris Paul looking like the next something, man, looking like the next playoff hero, super-duper star year in and year out. I mean, oh, my God, is this guy going to be a pleasure to watch the next 10 to 15 years in the NBA? He is the next Gary Payton with with uh, with Rockets on his shoes. I mean, he's faster than Payton. He is just unbelievable. He's got this unbelievable burst of speed um, as, as he's driving the lane. He just explodes. He has two guys, and he'll, have, he'll be driving a bit. He'll, he'll be on a fast break. He'll have the ball on the open floor. There'll be two guys in front of him, and he'll explode past them or around them, however. And, he, and he'll score. He'll score. Either that or he'll set somebody up with just a phenomenal pass. I mean, this guy is the next Oscar Robertson or something. I don't know. I just, woof. Chris Paul is is going to be an MVP candidate year in and year out. It's going to be the Chris Pauls, the Kobe's. You know the Kevin Garnett's for now. Uh, gosh, it's just going to be a lot of fun to watch. It really is. But um, yeah, the Hornets winning 101 to 82 game one and 102 to 84 in game two. Two very similar games where New Orleans and San Antonio Spurs would have a small lead going through about through halftime or so, and then Orla- Orlando. I've got to stop that. Now I'm starting to call them the Orlando Hornets. Huh. Okay. Uh, yeah, and the New Orleans Just third quarter, butt whooping They come out and show the Spurs What for, take the take the Lead and never relinquish it And uh, yeah The Hornets are going to win this Puppy in, I guess Uh Well They're going to have to win Uh, they're going to have to at least win one In San Antonio, pretty quick Here, for this to be a Six game series, the uh Spurs are not going to win game five. There's just no way, I don't think, in my opinion. I mean, they're capable of it, but it's just not going to happen because momentum's in the Hornets' favor at this point. The Hornets are a confident team right now. They really are. Uh, i got to go with the Hornets in, man. I'll say five. I could be totally wrong. I could be totally wrong. This might go to seven. You just don't know with these Spurs, you just don't know, because Ginobili starts making some shots, and it's just, he he might score 40, and be like 7 of 11 from three-point range, and and, you know, we could be tied two games to two a couple days from now, by Sunday, so, don't know, I really don't know, it's going to be hard to say until these Spurs are dead, I can't completely count them out just yet, but uh, at least not in terms of making this uh, series extremely entertaining, um, at the very least, though, New Orleans will win this in seven games. They would win a game seven, in my opinion, should it go that far. Despite the fact they're young, inexperienced, and, you know, they could easily be rattled by a veteran team, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're better than the Spurs right now. And that's saying a lot, and that would set up a phenomenal Western Conference finals between LA and New Orleans, which would be so much fun to watch. My goodness. The Lakers would probably win that series, maybe. We'll, we'll see, though. I mean, we're going to see what happens these next couple of games. We'll see who's got momentum on their side. I'm definitely looking forward. I'm really enjoying these uh, post- these playoffs. It's been a lot of fun to watch to this point. And uh, I'm going to quickly get into the Twins here, and we will return very shortly. Here on thesportstuff.com, get on board the Vikings ship with Purple Mafia. We will talk about the new Purple People Eaters and the best running back in the NFL, Adrian Peterson. This team is ready to make a move forward. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com along with iTunes and Mediafly. Simply download and listen to the most honest and passionate Vikings coverage.
1: What's up, listeners? This is Farzine. I am the host of the Chiefs Endzone Show right here on thesportstuff.com where we cover the Kansas City Chiefs, give our opinions, and go deep inside with the Kansas City Chiefs right here only on thesportstuff.com. We encourage you Chiefs fans, you loud Chiefs fans out there, to get on the show, voice your opinions, get on our boards, and talk with us. All listeners, including Bronco fans, are allowed in our show. So be sure you check out the Chiefs end zone show right here on thesportstuff.com with me, your host, Farzine. What's up, everyone? This is Farzine, host of Kansas City Boom on thesportstuff.com where we cover the Kansas Jayhawks, the Missouri Tigers, the Kansas State Wildcats, and other local college teams. We also touch on the Brigade, Wizards, Royals, and other sporting events in the heart of America, Kansas City, only on Kansas City Boom. Listen to Kansas City Boom right here on theSportsStuff.com with me, your host, Farzine. I'll catch you on Kansas City Boom.
0: We are back for one final quick segment here to talk a little bit of Twins Baseball. Um, it is time to talk a little bit of Twins Baseball, as I said. Uh, Joe Maurer. Boy, Joe Maurer. Now, early on in the year, he was struggling a little bit, and his batting average was not so great, but because he was trying to pull the ball more, as was said on by Bert Blylevin the other day, And, uh, now Joe Maurer going back to his old, going back to his old approach and he's batting 333. He's been just playing some great ball and the Twins in very good shape now as they are in first place unexpectedly. They are 16 or, yeah, 16 and 14 right now. Carlos Gomez has seen a couple of awkward, like, injury type of deals, but he's back playing again. He's still playing 13 stolen bases already. In only 26 games. This guy's on course for, God, what, 70 stolen bases about? So Carl, uh, Carlos Gomez, really exciting and exciting player for this team. The Twins in very good shape with him. A guy who's been a slight disappointment so far, Delman Young. No homers, 9 RBI, batting two sixty three. Delman Young playing okay in the outfield but not providing much offense. And that's too bad. I don't know what it is. If it's Twins syndrome, it seems every time we get somebody powerful, they don't really do much, and that's a shame. Kubel was coming out of the gate, looking great, hitting for power and getting getting some big hits and such. He still has four homers and 17 RBI, but he's only batting .245, kind of getting in a slump. Mike Lamb, the third baseman, batting only .216 with 11 RBI. He's playing a little bit better than he was, but, hmm, well, not doing so great yet for the uh, Band-Aid third baseman, which is pretty much what he is. Brendan Harris, though, been very solid at second base. He has two homers, seven RBI, batting .270. Very solid. I like Brendan Harris a lot. He's provided some nice offense for this team. A couple of timely hits here and there. And that goes on to Craig Monroe, who's been pretty good in only 17 games. Two homers, nine RBI, .278 average. Craig Monroe filling in nicely when certain players are out, like Michael Kadire out for a while, as was uh, you know Gomez here and there with a little bit of deals when he got hit in the helmet with the ball almost got hit in the head or did get hit in the head. It was a scary situation but Gomez back playing but when they need Monroe, he's done better than I expected and probably the other people, at least to this point Morneau clearly the most valuable player overall with a 2484 average, 6 homers 25 RBI. Good job by Justin Morneau. Definitely uh, doing great but Overall, though nobody really stands out in this lineup. It's been a team thing. It's been kind of a different hero every night, and that's I guess you could call it twins baseball. Like the pitching, very inconsistent at this point, as a lot of people expected. Other than other than Joe Nathan, who has been perfect in all save opportunities. He's got 11 saves. He has pitched, or he's played in 13 games, pitched to 13 innings, 11 saves, 6 .69 ERA, .69 ERA. Woo! With uh, 14 strikeouts, Joe Nathan, boy, aren't you glad he's back here in Minnesota? Without him, I don't think we'd be in first place because uh there, there's just too many guys. Other, oh, you think would fill in a closer's role would we'll probably blow about three or four games by now, so that wouldn't be great. Francisco Liriano, unfortunately, just not. Got the stuff yet? He just doesn't have it yet, and he's back in AAA. He started 13, or he started three games. He's lost all three. He pitched 10.1, he pitched only 10.1 innings, ERA of 11.32, only seven strikeouts. So, Liriano not finding his stuff back just yet. And uh, l- luckily, it's not an injury deal again, like he's feeling pain in his shoulder, but certainly not. Not the guy we, we we remember in 2006 when when he was healthy. He was just amazing. Kevin Slowey not good start at all. He only pitched one game, lost it, uh, 3.1 innings, and gave up, uh, gosh, three earned runs. Not so great at all. ERA about 9-ish, 8-ish, 9-ish. Jesse Crane not doing so great either, a guy we counted on. 5.19 ERA, not so great Hernandez though, very solid He's won 4 games, the ERA needs to be A little lower at 4.43, but hey 4-1, and Living Hernandez And doing what he does best, eat up innings He leads the uh, club in that category 42.2 innings Pitched, 17 strikeouts um, The strikeout leader Scott Baker, a guy who's Very good, I really like Scott Baker But he's been put on the 15 day DL As of today before that, though, he was 2-0 with uh, pitching 33 innings, even. 29 strikeouts, as said. Scott Baker's ERA was 4.09. He was actually doing a little bit worse, that's why his ERA is going down a bit. Unfortunately, going up, I mean. Uh, Boof Bonser, 2-4, he's lost 4 games, unfortunately, but his ERA not all that bad. 4.29, so I pretty much have been hard on Bo- Boof. This year, but he's, yeah, he's better than better than I've been giving him credit overall. 27 strikeouts also, number two guy in that category. Brian Bass has been a solid find so far out of the bullpen with a 3.8 ERA. Not bad at all. 21.1 innings pitched, eight strikeouts. You know, not big in the strikeout category. Matt Guerrero, excellent. Great to have him back. Great to have him back. Kind of a long reliever. He's 2-1 out of the bullpen. 17.1 innings, 3.63 ERA. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. Uh, after that, you got Nick Blackburn, though, who has the top stat overall as the starting pitcher at this point, at least in the ERA category. 2-1, 6 in 6 games, uh, 38.1 innings pitched. But yeah, 3.52 ERA and 19 strikeouts. Not bad by Nicky Blackburn, a guy who's starting to emerge, and a guy we've heard of quite a few times in the past about being a solid prospect. Bobby Korecki has played just a teeny tiny bit Just 2.2 innings But not too bad 3.380 RA Don't know much about him yet We'll find out as we go Nathan of course unbelievable And Denny Reyes Denny Reyes Still perfect Nine innings pitched He's pitched in, uh, in 12 games He's won one game Five strikeouts But a full nine innings He's only allowed four hits No earned runs And no runs at all Just excellent Two walks Good job by uh, Danny Reyes out of the bullpen. Very, very good. Uh, that's the good sign right there. Our bullpen looking pretty solid. The starter's solid. Uh, only one guy really flopped, or well, two guys flopped out of the starter. So far, Kevin Slowey and Liriano. After that, we're going to have to see what happens because we just don't know. Definitely keep an eye on Matt Guerrero. Great to have him back. I think he's going to continue to emerge and grow as a as a pitcher. As he's, you know, he's been in the Twins' system for a while now, and he's done very well. With that, though, uh, you know, the Twins go into Chicago tonight, and uh, let's hope for the best. Twins keep up this uh, division lead unexpectedly. They're a little inconsistent, but you know what? This team is a lot easier to root for than last year's team. I I, I don't know what it is. Just, I, I like these new guys. I really like Gomez so far. Um... It's a shame that Delman Young hasn't really hit him to stride yet, but he will. Craig Monroe been good. Um, I don't know. I mean, overall, just easier to pull for some of these young guys. It's fresh, new, and exciting, I guess you could call it. Livin Hernandez, a nice, a nice player. Great to have him here. And with that, we're going to close out here on Episode 11. This is my shortest show in quite a while, as uh, not so much Wolves and Wild to cover. Right now, I'll probably have a little bit more extensive Twins coverage in the future as soon as these uh, playoffs, hockey and basketball, wind down a bit as there'll be less and less games to talk about and there'll be more and more Twins to talk about. So uh, and after that, I'll probably I'll probably throw in a little politics here and there, a little random stuff, maybe, you know, overall, though, some Wolves offseason talk. Always, always, always a talker here on Paladino Live. And I really want all of you out there listening right now that haven't... Uh, emailed me or signed up on the message boards, please sign up on the message boards, send me a message, I do have a message board on thesportsstuff.com. it is under the Anything Goes section, there's a Paladino Live section, Paladino Live and Purple Mafia, Uh, submit your questions or comments in there, please, please do, please do, if you have anything on your mind, anything, even politics related, you know, maybe you like, uh, you know, you like Hillary, you like Obama, you like Ron Paul, like I do, I like Ron Paul, folks. Mhm. So you can fill in the blanks there on uh, my political leanings. You know, I'm John McCain too. Not too bad. So um that's where we're going right now. With that, please talk to me paladino live at yahoo.com. paladino live at yahoo.com. State your name and where you're from. That would be nice if you send me an email. Also, I'm on Yahoo Messenger and AIM, Paladino Live, one word. Send an instant message whenever you want, online or offline. You can send offline messages. Uh, If it's about some type of news article you found, you know, you think I should uh, mention on the show and uh, comment on it, uh, read it somewhat, definitely. Hey, definitely. Steelers Girl sent me an article a while back about the Wild, about uh, Craig Leopold. I appreciated that. And uh, don't stop doing that, definitely. Thank all of you for listening again. And uh, do me a favor, you, all you out there that are listening, tell your friends about this show. Please tell your friends about this show, friends that also like sports and, well, uh, any other thing. Viking fans, tell them, Viking fans, about Purple Mafia. And don't forget to check that show out. As it's That show is growing in a quick hurry. I am so excited about it. I don't know how I can't be... But all of you, I wish you the best. Uh, the lawn cleanup stuff is coming to an end pretty quick here, so I was able to do the show today as uh, it's kind of been a half day with rain. and But other than that, that should be all wrapped up by this weekend. It'll be great to be a little more consistent here on this show. And I wish all of you a good week. And, hey, happy spring. It's May, baby. Enjoy the wonderful month of May. Hope all of you had a good Cinco de Mayo. Take care and adios for now.